Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 23 of the Ape Audio Podcast, Saturday edition. Yeah. Let's we're, we're sitting down with Tennyson King. Hello, how's, hello. How's it going, man? Good. Oh, I'm good closer. Uh, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? Fresh into the hangover. Yes. Fresh off fresh of a the start of the hangover. Really interesting <laughs> sounding tour through China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you get back? Um... Like, first week of April, I got back. Okay. So, it's been a little bit, but I was in Montreal doing some studio stuff. Yeah, man. I uh, saw you shredding the keys out there. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> the MIDI keyboard. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. pretty much play itself. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like if you can nail it on the MIDI keyboard, like, you must just be an absolute god on the, like, like on, no, I don't, on the ivory. I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Well, Ian and I will beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> Who was who was the artist you were working with? Um, uh, someone named Danielle Polari from Thunder Bay. Cool. Yeah. That track sounded really nice. Yeah, she's got a really cool kind of Amy Winehouse, but not. I don't know, like a little bit more intimate, almost. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like something I I would be. I mean, Amy Winehouse kind of had this uh, like abrasive, like top level to her. Yeah. Where where the the track you were working on i was like oh i could listen to this in like a jazz lounge or something like yeah 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 pretty close a little bit more (laughs) yeah yeah okay so fresh back from tour do you got any cool stories and stuff uh well there's a lot of stories i'm sure they'll unfold sorry i'm chewing my halls oh that's fine (laughs) (laughs) what kind of halls what's the flavor i think it was honey lemon or something honey lemon Uh, good choice um i'm sure more stories will unfold but as we go um but china i mean china's a crazy i don't know if you guys have ever been no no my father spent a lot of time there and he's like in love with the place yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but i've never had the opportunity yeah it'd be so cool to go yeah it's wild it's like because it's it's kind of like here i mean it's a it's a first world established country but so it has almost everything we have but it's just totally different because yeah of the culture and the language um so it's being in, it's like kind of just being plucked from one like it's a weird juxtaposition of just being placed in this whole new area but you know there's still trains and transit and everything sure is yeah established. still so like the whole like city kind of dynamic yeah exactly city dynamic. yeah um yeah i feel like it would be strange because there's there's familiarities that you would exactly. have when you go there yeah but it, I'm sure it quickly becomes apparent that it's much different in a, a very, uh, like the, the way the base society functions, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the language thing is just crazy too, because everyone there pretty much speaks Chinese. Unless you're in Beijing or Shanghai, you, you'll get more English speakers. Right. But there's some provinces um, that just like don't speak any English. So you pretty much have, if you're there for a while, you have to learn yeah. Chinese to kind of survive. How good is your Chinese? It's not that good. Oh. <laughs> so you good enough to, stay to find you a washroom and a meal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can, yeah. like, I've been practicing because um, I actually toured, I toured China twice. I did October 2018 and I did it again in March. Okay, that's cool. What I just did. And then in October, I realized how shitty my Chinese was. So I was like, <laughs> what was it that said, set it off? Uh, oh, it was just the fact that I couldn't, like, I just, I was on stage and I was trying to write some Chinese and I couldn't at all. Did everybody laugh? Um, well, they didn't, I mean. Or did they just they blankly la- stare at it? <laughs> well, it's more so like, because when I play solo, my, my October tour was solo. Yeah. And when I do solo shows, I tend to tell a lot of stories, especially sure. in English speaking countries. So, and it was my first two shows and I just kind of, I, I don't even know, I just didn't click that I was in a whole different 
place where people speak a different language and i just kind of you went into the old yeah, routine I just, like, did my yeah. thing and nobody understood me <laughs> so it just felt wow yeah, yeah so I, I, I feel like you could um, like in a situation like that like the heaviness in the air must have been so yeah, real <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they still they love the music and they dig it all and um i mean i think they still appreciate hearing english but right. but then if I want to actually connect through a story or talking, then that's gone. Yeah, of right? course, of course. Um, so yeah, so I and then I tried to slowly sneak Chinese into my sets of stage banter, and it just was not like I just couldn't. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I didn't know the words. And did you rehearse a lot for it? Well, I mean, so what happened was after my China tour, I toured in Australia for three months mm-hmm. in between, Jeez. and uh, and during that tour, I was listening to. A Chinese learning podcast. Okay, yeah, then, I was just about to ask, like, what avenue you were going about, like, learning. Yeah, so I was doing podcasts because I was driving around everywhere in Australia. Yeah. So, the it, it was kind of the best thing I could find, sure. um, and it's helped a bit, but still pretty. Like, what I are still... the structures? I've, I'm kind of curious about this. What are the structures of like a language learning podcast? Like, is it set up? As if you're you're a child listening to like Sesame Street and they're like te- teaching you like basic <laughs> phonics or I mean is it I like guess, a little more like meaty and advanced. I guess some could be the one I was listening to is called Coffee Break Chinese. Mm-hmm. Apparently they do like Coffee Break whatever the language is. Okay. It's like okay, a cool. big podcast company. Sure. Um, so the way he it's just a dude I think a Scottish dude and then a Chinese um, lady who the Chinese lady speaks English and Chinese mm-hmm. and. He, the guy is essentially learning Chinese from her. Oh, wow. So that's, you kind of really like do it you learn together. Like alongside him. Yeah, okay. yeah. And they start pretty, I mean, they start pretty from the basic, like yeah. scratch out as if knowing nothing. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's pretty good, I think. I haven't tried other avenues yet, so I don't know. It's hard, though. I guess we're Chinese. I mean, because you're essentially just memorizing words. Yeah, of with course. No, like, I mean, that, that's even anything. been my problem learning French over my whole life. Like, we live right. in a half French-speaking country. Yeah, and nobody speaks. French. I, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I just memorized words. But if you ask me to put together like, a, like, say something in English and then throw it into French, there's no way it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, the language stuff is hard, man. It's like such a specific side of your brain, right? So, so towards the end of the tour, were you yeah, able so, to communicate a little bit? Better? Yeah, I was getting better for yeah. sure. Like by the end of um, this, the March tour, I was I could say more on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that part of the tour, I was with a band too, so I didn't have to like. Right. Yeah, stories. I was curious about that. Where did you like link up with the band? Is it people that you knew from before, or yeah? So the, the band, color? the band I met in October um, when I was. When I did that solo tour, um, I was in a city called Kunming, which is in the province of Yunnan, which is near Thailand. So it's like a southern um, part of China. And yeah, I met um, an American guy who was playing banjo and he'd been in China for 10 years, just living and playing banjo, playing music. So I saw a video of you guys traveling on a train. Was it the same fellow? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So it was those two dudes. And then one guy was from Australia and he has been in china for about like a year or two and the two of them are in a band together that started in china mm-hmm. um, that's really so, cool yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a, it's actually interesting there's a lot of expats kind of randomly around china around, who's yeah. like that's really interesting i, I guess stuff. like yeah. y- even if if you're having a rough time like adjusting to the culture you can find culture that's a little bit closer to yeah, what, yeah. what you're used to yeah for sure and it helps i think when you when you're like i mean they everyone who's living there's 
that's an expat is trying to learn the language right especially in this province i'm talking about it's pretty much like chinese okay so it's it's not like beijing or shanghai where you can get away with not knowing chinese um yeah so i met them in october and then and the drummer is actually from china slash mongolia so he was a local and and actually having him in the band was good because he didn't speak english so i actually uh the the banjo player spoke chinese so he was technically my translator because okay. so I, I had a translator for both tours right because it's still like you need it for the business side of it yeah of course um but i would i got to practice speaking to the drummer a lot as well because i had to communicate with him during the shows and rehearsals like you know like the, just playing the songs and everything yeah so, so- how does that process work? So it's it's one thing trying to speak another language, but music can be a bit more of a universal yeah. language. Yeah. So did you find the barriers to be lessened when you're trying to like get some music across as opposed yeah. to just hold do a general know, like, conversation? Theoretical like terms, like what you know, like do you converse with other musicians like with theory? Do you say, like okay, we're gonna do in the key of this and whatever? Yeah, I mean, just, like no or well, the key. I mean, the key. Yeah, it's, I guess it's a, it's the same theory. Yeah. Um, and then you could just say it. I, guess, I actually don't know how to say the keys stuff in Chinese because oh, I was okay. talking more rhythm stuff to him. Oh, okay. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, like music is that kind of universal language. So yeah. it's it's simpler to kind of, I mean, just by him watching me kind yeah, of think, sure. get the groove and stuff. Um, but what's interesting, though, is a bit of the structure of songs because in China they don't necessarily have exposure to all the types of music we do because of their government, right? right. So, like, blues oh, okay. didn't get there till maybe, like, 10 years ago or something. Really? Yeah, or maybe a little bit, yeah, roughly 10, 20 Interesting years. anecdote here. Like, yeah. there's a couple Chinese artists that I listen to on, like, Spotify, and the sound is, like, something like you're you're reliving, like, the grunge era of, yeah. like, the 90s, yeah. really? and that's, like, super popular there, like... Yeah within like the last decade let's say yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 strange how there's like a latency yeah yeah exactly um, so do you think the 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 evolution of like how what music kind of stands in the forefront in the mainstream i wonder if it's going to evolve in like the same right yeah, same take a logical yeah, yeah that's an interesting point because like, i mean how blues is just coming in now like well or un- only until recently like that's it's kind of blowing me away i didn't really know that yeah it's. I mean, I guess it's an interesting point about the evolution of, or the yeah the evolution of the music there. I mean, I guess it, it it depends where they pull influences from. If more Americans go and play like stadiums and stuff, then yeah, it might lean towards that, right? Yeah. But if yeah. they get people who are more, I don't know, like indie or alternative, then they might go towards that too. So it's kind of that's the funny thing about China because they're they're they have bands and they're creating stuff, but I mean, I guess it's like anywhere, right? You're heavily influenced by what? What's around? What, yeah, yeah, what you yeah. hear. Um, it reminds me of this episode of Futurama where there's like these aliens like way far off in a, in a distant galaxy, Omicron Percy I-8, I believe. And they're getting like, they're just like receiving Friends broadcasts. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> just been watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, okay, with that in mind, did you hear any distinctly unique sounds to the areas you were traveling through that you wouldn't necessarily hear in yeah. North America? I mean, I tried to, uh, one of the things I love about traveling and playing music is actually trying to find music of the culture and the people more. So yeah. I, I did kind of specifically try to hunt 
down or meet people who played traditional cool. instruments. And uh, I mean, China's really cool too because it's got like hundreds of different ethnicities, right? Yeah, it's not just like right Chinese. It's there's like so many smaller ethnicities and dialects of it, and each one, each people. Um, and ethnicity have kind of their own style of culture and music mm-hmm. too. Um, so yeah, so I, I discovered there weren't too many bands that I discovered. There was a few, but just kind of um, seeing people at like a cultural gathering playing their instruments, kind of thing, was what I was. Yeah, that, that's something most. cool about um, looking outside of North American, like I guess into. Um, middle eastern and asian cultures there's instruments that nobody ever picks up here yeah that they uh, play over there and it's it's kind of nice for me as like a bedroom producer going through like packs of samples and crap like you'll come across these sounds but like, oh yeah what, you're like what, what synthesizer is this, is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I'm, I'm watching youtube videos of like people playing an instrument that i've never heard of in my life and yeah you look at like the 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 build quality and, and the engineering that went into this instrument it's just so weird how not only the the music can be drastically different in an area but the things producing the music are also drastically different yeah 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 um, that's yeah, so cool yeah man stuff, yeah. so how long were you over there um so october i was a month and then march i was a little bit over a month yeah more or less so i've just done that the two times and did you are you able to like sustain yourself with the the cash you pull in just from show to show in china yeah in china the first tour i more or less came out even Mm -hmm. i didn't lose any money i might have actually come out a bit on top but Mm -hmm. that's because i was solo when i had the band it was like i actually haven't checked the final excel sheet of money but it was like i'm glad you keep an excel sheet (laughs) (laughs) well i have i work with a label a management label out there too okay so it helps yeah yeah because it's just like a whole different ball game out there for sure for sure i I guess you get accustomed to how things roll out here and it's going to be totally different how does something like that happen like you get getting in contact with uh with a late you know with a label on the other side of the world yeah well the 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 specific label i was working with i met the the owner um at canadian music week you guys know yeah canadian music week about maybe like four years ago when i first um started doing the solo stuff and uh he was in town so i messaged him i knew someone else who'd work with him for a a short little china tour so i just kind of hit him up like hey do you want to just have a coffee and chat because i'm interested in eventually going to china to play music so just kind of built a relationship from that i think he distributed my first album there um just digitally first for the first kind of few years and then i put out my latest album coast and then he released it and then the deal was to just do a tour to push it too so yeah we were just listening to coast before you showed up and we couldn't help but notice immediately that you seem to take huge inspiration from anthony kiedis (laughs) yeah Yeah. especially that song yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, for sure i love the chili peppers and i love I love John Frusciante and Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, They're too, like, yeah, I, I'm like, such a such a yeah, nerd for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For a long time, they well, I, I guess still to this day, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. How do you both feel about them uh, now? With like the you know, even though 
I don't they love only it. Have one member changed? It's oh the new still Josh a, was it Josh Klinghoffer? Yeah, Josh Klinghoffer. Ever yeah. since John Frusciante left, and I don't love it. I don't it, know to what he's done. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Lo- I don't hate it. It's not that it's bad music. It's just missing like th- yeah. these iconic. Yeah, they were a really yeah. well formed equation in a simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, simple yeah. pieces. I mean, I guess I guess they're growing to all to like all together or even just. Yeah. Well, even from the first project they released with him to the second one, um, I can't I can't recall the names of them. Um, with, with the new guitars, yeah, yeah okay. The the first one he seemed to be a lot more laid back into the track, really letting Flea just kind of yeah. shine on the bass. Yeah. And then the the newest record, it seems like he's taking some bigger liberties and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. maybe the next project they'll be like, okay, like we're we're super tight, like we understand the dynamic of the group now. Because yeah. I mean. Even when they started playing with John Frusciante, he sort of stole the style of their original guitarist who passed away. Yeah, because yeah. he was he was like a su- he was self proclaimed super fan. Yeah, and yeah. it was like a very seamless transition. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then Dave Navarro, when he came on to do One Hot Minute with them, it was just playing like some traditional funk and stuff, which is pretty in line with what they do. Yeah, and then this new guitarist seems to be doing something like very different. So maybe it's just going to take that period of time yeah. for everybody else. I mean, the up. funny thing about Josh Klinghoffer though, is that he's like John Frusciante's protege kind of. Yeah. And during stadium Arcadium tours, he would be, he was the guy behind the curtain playing the secondary guitar. Sometimes. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think he has the influence, but, but yeah, maybe just writing wise, they just approach it yeah. differently. Too. Well, I, I guess for me, it's just John Frusciante would take like these huge, like forefront riffs and just like blast yeah. them out, right? Yeah. It's, like really, really iconic in my head when I yeah. think about it. Like nobody else really kind of recreates that sound. So maybe it's just a really big pair of shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, is. I mean, oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. They're just a really, I don't know. I just always felt like. John Frusciante, I don't want to say like made uh, essential part of their sound, but when he made his solo album, I think it was called like Imper- the Imperium, Imperium, uh, the Imperium, yeah, the Imperium or Imperium or whatever. Um, when I heard that, I was like, oh man, there's so many like of those right. stadium arcadium elements yeah, yeah, yeah. of that like just evolved like finely tuned you know Chili yeah. Peppers. Yeah, sound. To, to me, and then you just saw his like, guitar that album is was just as little, quint like a, as recognizable as Anthony's voice is. You know, like yeah. you know, I feel like I could hear a John riff anywhere, and you'd just be able to pick it out. Right yeah, that's true. Be, yeah, be he's the tone. A great or, riff writer for yeah. sure. Like he writes really iconic stuff. Actually, it's funny you mentioned the Imperium because that the beat goes on. Where I was just playing, they had that record for sale for one hundred and thirty dollars. What? Yeah, one hundred and thirty. I think because apparently, I guess limited press. Well, it said it was a twenty twelve reissue, so I guess they stopped making it, and then they did one more, like one more manufacturing, and then what? that's it. So now I don't think there's any more of that Imperium album. Are you uh, that's you ridiculous. a vinyl head? You you collect or anything? Uh, I don't collect, but I do like it. It's just because I'm I tour so much, so I don't actually yeah. have a place anymore. Sure, <laughs> so I don't have anywhere to keep right right um, records. But I do enjoy. Yeah, I'm, to I'm kind of the same. Well, not that I tour all over, but I I love the idea of vinyls. But I yeah. just do I have the space to have a collection? Not really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that being said, I do have a friend who started collecting a ton of vinyl, yeah. and he's experiencing just that really limited quantities of certain records are yeah. making it hard for him to get his favorite albums 
because people are asking two, three, four hundred dollars yeah. for for yeah. some presses. Like I think he was looking for a couple Tool records, and he thought like, yeah, Tool's a huge band. Like they're gonna have a ton of ton of presses out. But um, some of their earlier work, it's yeah, there's not it's really much available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the whole hunt. Yeah, that vinyl lovers yeah. love doing, right? I guess. Like looking yeah. for records, and... and it's cool that that's still the same way it's always been. Right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, the CDs, true. that was kind of like the last form of it, and then yeah. vinyls just it just kind of came I back. Hate like CDs, that sense man. of discovery because nothing you don't... romantic yeah. about a CD. Well, there... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I remember when I was younger, I would buy a CD and go home and. It's like it would be like watching a movie, but listen, you know, you open a CD, you read the. Oh yeah! Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, <laughs> yeah. There are elements to the CD that I do enjoy, but I think as I got older, there was like an element that was lost where like right. you'd open a CD case and like the the front plastic housing might break off yeah, or it gets yeah. like shattered because something falls on it. It's just like it's so delicate and cheap. It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> or, or when that totally went out the window with uh, uh, CD books, remember? When yeah, you just had like a book oh, yeah, of CDs oh, yeah, and yeah. you just flip through the pages of like four CDs yeah. per page. You know what's funny about that? I actually ran into somebody who still has like quite a few of their CD binders just laying around. And the discs are rotting. Did you know? Oh, really? C- yeah, CDs. I didn't know they rotted. Yeah, they rot. <laughs> what? Like so? Like, so like the it... the layer of metal that they write onto that's yeah. underneath, like the plastic layer. Yeah. It it corrodes like pretty easily, I guess, oh. and it, it just ruins the CD. <laughs> so really? there's there's all these great CD mixtapes that are going to be lost to time. <laughs> Maybe that's why they phase them out. They just realize they're like, oh wait, these are about to expire in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they brought vinyl back somehow. Yeah. They knew yeah, it was yeah. happening. So yeah. yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I think we got really far off track here. <laughs> what was where? Did, where was the initial question? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we were talking about China. Oh yeah, like, right, the right, very, right. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah. start. Um, but I don't know what. Um, that's all right. Something about like yeah, booking what? tours and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. U- using uh... um, yeah. So I had yeah, I had just to go back to that. I had the label helping me uh, organize and right, book right. the shows and um, yeah. What else? I had the translator kind of with me on both tours and is re- really helpful to have. So would you go back uh, in a heartbeat? I would. Yeah, for sure. What were uh, like some of the more interesting experiences you had there aside um, from like you? you playing yeah yeah well like what I mean, stood out the, was there any you know culture shock there was some i mean instance i'm trying to think of stuff that happened well one funny thing that i in some of the provinces they don't have they don't ground their electricity like that doesn't uh, exist oh i've heard, okay so i'll follow this buzzing? up with an anecdote well it was buzzing but like i got electrocuted at every single show like constantly not it wasn't like sometimes it would be really intense but more times than not like like i just had to get used to it like if i sing and i touch the mic i would get electrocuted my yeah. would get electrocuted and it's if- funny that you bring this up like maybe three weeks ago um do you guys know the band uss from toronto yeah, yeah. so um alan cross was interviewing them and they were talking about their first tour and i think they went through some uh, region in china yeah and they were saying the same thing they don't ground yeah. uh, like any of their outlets so they blew the power at like a ton of different shows where, yeah, where they just possible, yeah. they just blew the breaker on everything and something exactly like that they um they 
or the the lead singer kept getting electrocuted on his yeah. mouth because he kept leaning in too close to the mic. Yeah. And I guess fi- the the final straw that that broke the camel's back, they blew out power to a whole entire village because I guess really? they used wow. to do this thing where they would like mix like margaritas with a blender like on stage and they would like hand them out to the audience okay. and they they turned on the the blender like oh, m- like mid show <laughs> and it was too much too much amperage for for Blenders the village break to break everything <laughs> eh? it's like you could power a whole stadium it's and then so you like true. turn on a blender it's the whole so thing <laughs> Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, a lot of the provinces they don't grounding doesn't exist at all. They have three prongs, right? But the, the third bottom prong one does goes nothing. nowhere. Yeah. It's just there, just it's because just so there. you can plug your North American I guess so. utilities. Yeah, in. Um, yeah. So we get electrocuted pretty much all the time. <laughs> we have to like, I started wrapping my bandanas like around the okay, mic okay. and stuff, just so because I do like s- touching the mic when I sing, like my sure, lips. I'm yeah. used to that, so it was really hard for me to kind of avoid doing it so how, how bad's the shock like just enough to startle you or is your like neck flying back no it's not that crazy <laughs> some at one place one i think the second time it ever happened it was like pretty serious where like if i put my hand like if you put your hand on it it was usually for me if i was touching my guitar or my guitar was oh, on me completing a loop yeah and then yeah. i put my hand on the mic to test it you could feel kind of like the surge <laughs> kind of going into your hand <laughs> okay. not enough to like right, like a small right. Your hand. Yeah, yeah yeah but then with the mouth sometimes it's like it like it cat it hits you pretty hard yeah and yeah, even yeah. shocks like your teeth if i like accidentally like if i'm singing and move i hit my teeth on or something like it, it'll shock your kind of <laughs> bones it's pretty it was pretty wild and that was uh is it easy to recover on stage from that yeah yeah like, like i said it's not so crazy you're yeah. just like you're just kind of like i feel like i would just stop for a second yeah, yeah, i feel yeah, like i would just back. stop playing and stop <laughs> singing for a second like what oh yeah i'm on stage okay i gotta keep going <laughs> no i got used to it pretty quick you kind of you, you power through i felt like it made me a better performer because i was like i can handle <laughs> it gave you superpowers yeah it's, it's just like this added difficulty yeah level. <laughs> oh I've, I've heard that i forget who it was but somebody was telling a story that these there's these like major these major labels when they're building these uh young stars they like make there's yeah <laughs> well like, yeah they, the there's this one producer a and r guy that makes the artists like play outside um in the heat with like tons of mosquitoes around and okay. like they have to just play through and not oh stop my God. it's like a part of like Jeez. training them to prepare for like outdoor shows you're like some old traditional like <laughs> it's like a kung fu movie yeah. but but then like but it's funny but it kind of like when i play outdoor shows or festivals um uh, like i played this festival in australia once in northern australia where it's like 45 degrees like constantly and I was literally playing with the sun setting directly on me for right. like two, like two forty-five minute sets. Jeez! And I was just like dying, like yeah. I was sweating, and I was like, I, I just felt like I was gonna have a heat stroke. But sure. like, you just kind of keep playing, right? So right. as crazy as it is, as it, is it kind of does happen when you tour a lot because you get into these weird situations. Mosquitoes for sure, mm-hmm. like outdoors. I feel like I always get bit if I'm playing outdoors, especially in Canada. Oh in, yeah, like northern it's a mess on, out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's funny, but it's kind of like it actually. You do actually kind of get used to all the the elements that kind of. It, it's weird that you. nobody, re- <laughs> well, other than this A and R, it prepares musicians for yeah. these these odd things that are gonna. Occur. Yeah, and that's why it was funny when this I heard this guy doing it to like these you know when they're creating these superstar mm-hmm. um, singers or whatever they are I guess. 
So, so I was reading uh, back in 2017, you played over 100 shows. Yeah. Oh, that was just in Australia, too. What? That was like... How do you do that? Yeah. Well, that was... Uh, Where's the power coming from? <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the mics? need to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess I, like part of it is needing to make money to survive. So I kind of, sure. yeah, that's you true. know, that keeps me going. But um, I don't know. I mean, Australia is a really fun place to tour, right? Mm-hmm. It's like warm weather. It, it feels like yeah. you're on vacation yeah. and you get to play music and make money. Sounds and, great. Yeah. So are you with a label there as well? No, like, how not. does that, no, I do. how does getting out there work, especially on, a, you know, doing 100 shows in a year yeah i just i just book everything myself so i had a manager at that point who was helping me with some stuff like a canadian one um not anymore but so we would do it together but i I essentially do all the booking for myself the only place that i have label help is in china okay um and some everywhere else i've toured i've done pretty much on my own you just reached out to yeah you just yeah i just researched like i mean i love traveling so music was kind of just a way for me to travel more so i just kind of when i first went to australia i just looked on the map and i was like okay i want to start here i'm like i'm going to land in melbourne and i want to go all the way up to the top so i just kind of like looked up where there's bars and music you just said hey can i play here yeah. on this day and they're like yeah and you just coordinated like yeah yeah just, yeah yeah and this is how you book a tour yeah exactly it's it's see like it there's i guess there is there's a lot of you know, finer details of constantly emailing and stuff, but it's yeah. pretty simple. Like, I feel people think it's a lot cha- more challenging than yeah. it actually is. But I feel like people are just afraid to reach out, to be honest. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. a conversation. I think yeah. I heard, I, I was watching like a Hot Ones, uh, like, spin off thing yesterday where they were talking to uh, Seth Rogen. And okay. they were like, oh, where do you get all your dope shoes from? And he was like, I, I just emailed Kanye West and asked for. For like a couple like limited edition sneakers, and he just sent them over. That Seth Rogen, did <laughs> yeah. That? Oh. <laughs> so I, I I know it's it's a pretty extravagant. Yeah, example I don't think we can that. all do that. I would love, to. but I I truly do feel like people are just scared to reach out. For sure, like, for you, sure. You, we even see it with this show. Like we we messaged uh, Ill Scarlet like a couple weeks ago, just kind of like a a one off shot in the dark, and yeah. we're like, hey, you guys want to come do a show? Because they're playing at uh, Maxwell's, a local venue yeah, here, yeah. in a couple months, and they're like yeah cool okay so message us closer out. to the day we, we might come around yeah and we're like wait you're not supposed to say yes to this <laughs> <laughs> no you're like shit now i gotta go <laughs> yeah 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 no it's true people it's yeah yeah i guess like you said people are just afraid maybe afraid of the rejection or, yeah for sure but do you real, get rejected at all oh, yeah of course yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. <laughs> <You get> reject- <laughs> it's like in this industry you get i get rejected as much as i get accepted yeah, that's right true, you that's kind true. of it's the reality. Not everyone's gonna like you. Yeah, right. right especially right. your art. It's so it's subjective. subjective right? Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, just messaging people like Il Scarlet. I mean, they're just people like you yeah, and I, right? Yeah, like, they're exactly. They're not any. Exactly. At the end of the day, they're nothing. Like we're all special in our own way, but I mean, like they're not. I heard like, it put interestingly <laughs> by uh, Alexis on Fire a couple weeks ago. This was another Alan Cross interview. Okay, love listening to that yeah. dude. Um, <laughs> But they were basically like, it was weird once we started seeing success because we just still saw ourselves as like idiot teenagers, like playing stupid little bars. Right. But it was just in a bigger setting. Like they, I guess it's, it's strange for the artist to go like, oh yeah, like we're, we're yeah. world famous yeah. now. They just see themselves. This is it guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they don't it. see themselves like we see them, right? It, right, right. They're just regular. 
Yeah, I mean, they still have to eat and yeah, shower. And yeah. <laughs> so how did this whole tour across the planet and travel all the time, like, where did this start? Like, did you just come out of high school and you're like, this is what I'm doing? Like, I'm- uh, No, no, no. I mean, I... I just I, I, I did um what did I do I, during high school or after high school I started doing like backpacking trips like mm-hmm. backpacked in Europe and then went to Africa to backpack and ended up like doing volunteer work for like a few months there and cool. I just I just loved traveling like so that passion for traveling I had since I was a teenager and um and I was just kind of trying to find a way I guess to enable me to keep traveling so i figured music was a good way to do it i didn't really start music till because i went to university at mcmaster and i was just mm-hmm. doing like whatever communications and drinking <laughs> yeah, and drinking whatever's beer. right <laughs> <laughs> taking the party the party diploma <laughs> yeah and then after university i traveled some more and then i finally was like okay maybe i'll like settle try to like push music a bit and actually right. work on it and the travel must be good for you because you look really healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had the month to kind of, I mean, you get used to it because it can actually take a pretty big toll. Sure, yeah. Um, so I try, I try my best to, I guess, stay healthy. I right, don't drink yeah. as much on tour. Anymore. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I for used sure. to play in a band um, called the Vibonics. It was like this hip hop band from Toronto, and we toured a lot. And with them, I was younger, and we would just like we'd go on tour for like two months and just drink every single night Jeez. every show and i feel the, like it's an easy way to kill a band <laughs> oh yeah well yeah i don't From it's not inside. a band anymore <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no it's just after that two months i would get back to my place in toronto and just like you could just feel that, like how it takes a toll on your body yeah, right yeah, all yeah. the drinking you can hear and, the toxins coming out <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah what's the hardest thing about like adjusting when you come home from a super long tour? um I think it's like what I would call the post tour blues because it's kind of sad when you're back home. Um, like it, you, it's comfortable, I guess. You have that comfort comfortability, but then when you're just, I guess, you're like not going to a show, you're not playing music, then you're, you're like off this high of kind of being yeah. like this touring musician right yeah. it's like so fun to do That's it the and you're dream, like oh, I'm right exactly. yeah like oh, i'm actually doing it and when you're home you forget about all the bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah you get back and then you know if you don't have stuff going on and you're kind of just home for a week or two you're kind of like oh yeah you get a bit down right, right. Um, yeah you're like oh i'm not doing anything or let's say you're trying to meet up with people and everyone's busy you're like yeah oh, yeah like yeah yeah so damn, you, like it's like going on it's like coming back from vacation or something yeah. right you're just like set back into reality you went, yeah you I went guess. from the dream to just yeah the the humdrum i guess yeah so what do you where do you call home i, I guess if uh well i mean to be honest these days i don't really know i i guess i'll I stay in mississauga because i have family there so it's good because i can visit them mm-hmm. when i'm back and i stay there but i don't know i mean i still feel like i'm trying to find out where my home is that's like kind of part of my journey of traveling and self-discovery is is there any places you feel like you've connected yeah 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 um yeah i mean i think australia is getting pretty close like every time i go there i really i'm a huge ocean person so i love being by the ocean yeah we were (laughs) we were checking out some of your music videos and we're like man 
This guy's having a blast. I, I was like, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I just literally said, I was like, oh, look at him go. I was like, that's awesome. I was like. <laughs> yeah, I think I said, I don't know if I've ever been this happy in my life. <laughs> but you made that happen. So thank you. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Australia would be getting close because I really, uh, I really dig it there, and it's good. It's good weather, and um, I mean, music scene is cool. I think I'll always, I'm always gonna try to tour as much as I can, at least for now, while I can do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but like as for kind of like a home basis right now, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not too sure yet. So maybe if I chat with you guys in like another two years, I'll. Sure, I'll please like do it. If you ever come back, back with like around, a different I'm... accent or something. <laughs> Good night, mate. They're like, uh, <laughs> guess you didn't choose Canada. Tennyson Dundee. <laughs> How is so when you're saying there's like a good music scene in Australia, what to you defines a good music scene? Mm, good question. Well, I mean, there's lots of similar to canada like there's lots of australian bands and artists yeah so going around doing the indie stuff and um and the community seems pretty good like every aussie musician or band i've met has been very um helpful i guess right like just not not like necessarily seeing as competition but yeah kind of trying to be friend or build a, a big community of it it's awesome um so that yeah that's really good i mean i've gotten into festivals because like somebody told the booker that like that's you amazing. should book this person like so cool. um so yeah so like i just i think i've been really lucky with the people i've met and where i've gone to play um and yeah lots of cool music music in australia is interesting too because it's got at least from some of it that i've heard it's it's got this kind of um it, it's kind of lighthearted mm-hmm. because life there is so chill and right. and easy going yeah. so it really it's reflected in their in the music uh, in their creation of music but mm-hmm. not necessarily in lyrics sometimes their lyrics can still be maybe like somber or intense or sad or serious but but it's got the tone but yeah, yeah but the feel like, yeah. for right like you, you guys listen to tash sultana have you heard no. of tash sultana i don't think so she's this she's like huge now all over the world but she's a like a one a one person band she does like looping and drum beats oh cool Um, cool. i think she's playing at like the ace whatever the acc ACC, is now in toronto soon yeah i can't keep up with all the yeah whatever the nationals (laughs) taking over it (laughs) um but she's like she's kind of a good example of that because her music is very like people can still dance to it and it's like got a bit of a chill groove but cool but she does can't she does sing a little bit more about you know serious things right have you ever listened um, to reggie watts before yeah 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 it sounds just, it sounds similar to that yeah reggie's always rocking loop machines and yeah yeah i i know he mostly is like beatboxing but yeah, yeah he's bringing all those same elements yeah, yeah he's yeah. a really funny guy yeah sorry to kind of interrupt that oh no no no, no <laughs> reggie watts is amazing i love my yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah, so I think the the music scene in Australia is cool from at least from my standpoint. I feel like everyone always has a different view if they're from the country. Definitely, <laughs> and it's like you were even saying, like how um, the vibe, I guess, of 
how like a city province country like mm. works will reflect on like the music scene and like yeah, yeah. the musicians and whatever kind of uh genres prominent in like the local scene right right you know what i yeah. mean like i can imagine here is a lot different than you know some cities in australia or yeah. even like toronto or bc or yeah you yeah. know i don't know New York. I, I feel like it's almost tough to tell because i I'm pretty sure part of my brain imposes what I want that music to sound like when I listen to it. So there's like, there's a, um, a bunch of California like punk bands that I listen to. And inherently in my mind, I apply this like sunshiny element to it. Oh, just because. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. don't know <laughs> if, it's, if it's actually there. I don't know. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a strange little, <laughs> strange little mind loop to get into. Yeah. Especially with like punk music when you hear like, oh yeah, there's like, you know it's even with like like hip-hop you know like east coast west coast yeah you think that there's like gonna be this whole you kind of assume that there's gonna be this a whole clear like, line of difference between yeah. The two. yeah but i feel like now more than ever it's we're experiencing a true like a true blend yeah I, like, I definitely think so of like difference like even um like hemispheres of the world like even now i'm starting to notice uh in some mainstream music they're using like samples with instruments that are like using like microtonal like notes and i'm like well that's totally like a that's an that's an eastern thing mm-hmm. like oh, it's yeah. not really used here you know we got yeah. the 12 notes and that's pretty much it but it's like when you hear that you're like oh like why does it sound kind of like off but then when you like i don't know i think i, I forget which instrument it was it's this really interesting like looking piano thing but it's got with uh, uh along with the white keys and the black keys it's got some other keys like in the middle and those are like like slidey keys no 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 they're like uh so it's like between like a real technical term there the yeah, slidey so between, keys like, <laughs> yeah, between like an a and an a sharp there'd be like another okay sure like another note Does it look look like a piano like was it ivory piano or just like no it looks, a like, random it looks like like a together. like a midi keyboard or oh, something okay, but okay. then it's got some like weird like lot ones in the middle that you can like tap on and uh i remember like listening to some hip-hop song and i had a sample and then I looked up what instrument it was and when it was that I was like oh that's cool like it's intentionally like that because it's in between like two right. notes that I'm like used to hearing and then I don't know I just thought it was cool that like now we're you know 10 years ago know. I wouldn't have yeah. heard much of that sure, in any yeah. mainstream music but yeah now it's cool to hear some some elements yeah of it that. is I guess it, it's good that they're doing that too because I mean music I mean there's always new and good music happening but it is kind of getting very recycled i feel like sometimes like certain western pop music especially like the commercial radio stuff it's it's tough too because it's so easy to just fall into like a a bottomless pit of music that all sounds same-ish right yeah i feel like it's it's more difficult to kind of dig through the trash and and find the stuff that's really unique and original yeah yeah so what's considered like radio music you know over on the other side of the world since you know here it is kind of uh using a lot of recent elements and not really digging too far back yeah you hear like uh you know eastern on on the eastern side of the world when you hear the radio like what is yeah well in china i mean china's funny because um their pop music is like it's it's just like super have you ever heard like canto pop or like yes. k-pop oh yeah. yeah it's like it's just it's like that pretty much oh, okay. right it's like pop so stars. manufactured yeah. <laughs> so that um, is like the mainstream that would be considered the china mainstream like those 
and they don't in China they don't what do you really think about have, k-pop uh I mean some of it's kind of cool I f- <laughs> I find it like insanely infectious and catchy like it is, oh, yeah, even yeah, like I go catchy. in and I'm like I don't want to like this but yeah. I can't help it yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a masterful engineer went in and just perfected the sound yeah 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 yeah, yeah, and there's a China. The China pop stuff is similar too. Okay, yeah, and uh, and a lot of Korean bands will go to China to do shows because they don't have um like I was saying they don't they're just either like pop stars or like nothing like people playing as hobby players are fun. Like they don't have it there's, here where there's we just have, like there's no, there's middle. no middle ground. Yeah. yeah, like we're in Canada, we've got like tons of indie bands who are doing music full time, making a yeah. living, and putting out cool music and mm-hmm. we can still find out about them and see them at a show that's like a moderate you know like a moderate size why do you think venue. that is um i mean i just think in in china they didn't know that that was even really an option to like be in indie music like when i go i remember i was giving this workshop um once like a cultural exchange workshop during my first tour and they were just asking me like they were just so in shock about the fact that I just travel around and play music and make right, a living right. and just that's like what I do because it's so not interesting. but I'm not but I'm not like a super pop star right, right? right. like yeah. it's like they're still sitting there talking to like me. how do you do that that doesn't make sense yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. feel like part of that might just be from upbringing as well like their their parents probably go like oh you you got to go to school you got to yeah, you got to sure. hold down a culture. job yeah. and if you're not holding down a job you're you're you ain't shit <laughs> exactly and no one no one's really doing it right i mean no one else um like in china now the indie scene is getting starting Growing. to get yeah. popular it's it's funny because china is like pretty much now i mean it's been happening for the past 10 years but it's like hap- what happened here a, a long time ago it's starting to happen there yeah sure so that's kind of what the reason i actually really like it is like you're going there and you're a part of this movement that you pretty much can't get anywhere else in the world now. Yeah, I feel like it must happening. it must be so dynamic that you must almost feel like you can just see it right in front of yeah, your eyes happening. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty separated from that whole culture over here, but there are several several bands and artists that I listen to over there, and I've watched them just go from like 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 you had said like hobby artists like somebody who just like goes and does a show every mm. other week at at like an open mic at a tiny little bar to oddly enough gaining massive success over here when they're still not really being recognized in their home country mm-hmm. just because like the, the the sound is so unique and dynamic but it, it it holds on to things that we understand and that we've listened to yeah. for so long it's, yeah. it's an interesting little thing that's happening yeah yeah that's very cool so through all your touring and stuff when do you find time to record and what's what's that process like um well usually the last record i did was just in between tours so i think i had just finished i guess i don't even know i think i was in uh holland i did like a short tour there and then i came back and then i recorded um just in like two three months so i i mean the process i guess usually i i try to write when i'm on the road but i I find it a bit hard for me personally right just because i'm always moving and like i like I feel like I need to sit down and lock myself. Sink your teeth yeah. into like a work. zone or something. Yeah, like yeah, and yeah. Interesting. So considering that, you know, you haven't really labeled anywhere as like home yet, but considering that you have to get yourself into like a zone, yeah, it's yeah. like 
I still need a space. Yeah, you still yeah. need a space, so, yeah, which sure. is interesting. So, like, even that, it's like you have to make somewhere almost like home. True, that's true. For yeah. like, you know, just this little moment of time. Like, I don't know how long it usually, how long does it take you to uh, cook up like, I don't, like an album or something like that? Um, I mean, it's kind of all, I, I feel like there's no formula, no set time. Yeah. Like, sometimes it takes me like a week to even just write one song. Sometimes yeah. I write a song in like an hour. Yeah, and exactly. It's like, so it, it's kind of that weird divine intervention kind of thing yeah, so where no just isn't divine intervention incredibly annoying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> when one morning you wake up and you just feel like you're really tethered to an idea and it just kind of drags you through the dirt and like you get winning, some like yeah. a ton of like it feels like months worth of work done in just a few hours and then the the next day you try to hit it and it's just nothing yeah, yeah exactly the it's like winning the lottery but they don't tell you that you, they, they don't tell you that you're gonna lose the money the day after <laughs> they don't tell you they're like oh you win all this money you're like okay cool and then you're like thinking the whole day you're like oh what am i gonna do with this and then the next day you're just like where'd all this money go like, we never gave you any money and it's like yeah, it's like happened. what oh, and man. it's like what no it's like yesterday like it was all there like you know with a celebration like and it's i like, celebrated no. yeah no. so you hilarious. so you don't write like you don't even write lyrics on the road or anything i do like i do yeah. like so i write i feel like that would be super inspiring um i i'll take i'll do as much as i can and i'll record little voice memos of ideas so i get okay. a lot of ideas on the road like little yeah like little verses or yeah, topics courses or yeah like um cool. so but then i need to just settle like sit somewhere down and like put it all together and kind of craft it into a song um so yeah so i'm actually kind of in that process a bit right now so i haven't been doing that many shows because i'll be hoping to record a new record like maybe september october or something so um since i've been back i've been trying to kind of get back and get in a groove of writing and cool. everything. do you feel yeah. like you're in a, a really interesting place as a music writer or as a songwriter i should say um taking everything that you hear from traveling internationally and you can kind of bring it back and 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 work with all these different sounds like are you yeah. incorporating elements from I'm, elsewhere into your music that's that's the goal like yeah. i would really like to um it's just yeah seeing how that can all come together and if it can come together right um but yeah that's definitely one like one of the big things i love about having been able to travel the past few years is uh, to do that and I think I'm very fortunate to have had those opportunities so I want to kind of share it with everyone too so uh, everyone can kind of hear uh, like you said like some instruments from a different culture or sure, something yeah. like that um, I mean even people who've heard my my old record versus my new record coast super different yeah and even someone's just like it kind of sounds like you were in Australia like on like <laughs> just on a yeah, beach yeah. like oh yeah that's sure. so cool though yeah like, you yeah. Can capture that vibe yeah, because I, I, it was interesting. So uh, you had sent us a message, and I'm kind of going through your Instagram, seeing seeing what you're about, seeing what kind of little juicy tidbits we can talk about. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like definitely getting a certain kind of like vibe off of the images that I'm seeing. And I'm like, okay, I got to go listen to his music now. And I put on one of your first records that's available yeah. on, on streaming platforms. And I'm like, whoa, this is really different. And it was like certain, like almost melancholic on certain yeah. elements of the music. Right. I'm like, I wasn't expecting this. And then as I like went through the songs, it was like getting more upbeat and yeah. more right. sunshiny. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I started to love his life a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you start off hating yourself and then you move to that. <laughs> you you said happy. it, not me. <laughs> um, so with our musical guests, we like to do this 
little interesting game. I guess we'll call it a game okay. where we will will span your musical listening habits from a okay. very early memory to kind of where you're at right now. So okay. the first one will be, let's just say the first thing, the first musical piece that really popped out to you and that has kind of stuck with you. The second one will be um, an artist or a sound that you heard that really changed music for you. Okay. And then the third one's just what you're listening to now and what you're into. Hmm. So tough. It's good. I like it. <laughs> it's not... I think for me, the first... So, the wait, the first one was something that... First, first... one... So, for me, I'll give you an example. Okay, for, okay. for me, and I hate saying this <laughs> on mic, but um, I was probably six or seven years old, and I remember listening to, like, Aaron Carter on uh okay. on like a crappy Wait, little who is that? that's uh is nick cart like the backstreet the, boys yes the backstreet brother. boys little brother okay, okay. <laughs> so basically the backstreet boys made it and then nick carter from the backstreet boys just tossed his brother a bunch of money when he was like eight or nine and he said go make a super engineered record that's gonna make you a ton of money because it's just perfect pop <laughs> and and i don't i don't know if i asked for the cassette or if it was just given to me but i loved the hell out of it <laughs> so wait that was significant because you just it's just like the first memory music, that i or? have about like yeah. really like listening to a whole project like front to back yeah. and like just feeling it because before that i like would listen to music but nothing really oh, stuck okay. with me yeah, for some that. reason this yeah. one thing stuck with me yeah. okay. i guess it, ian can give his example yeah. too it was uh shakira i was on i was on a camping trip with my parents <laughs> and it was the only cd in the car and i think there was like a uh, a cd walkman and i was just like all right well just listen the, to yeah it. i'll just listen to it and I, it was the only cd and i listened to it front to back like 15 times just the whole trip there back and and i still know like every time i hear songs on the radio i just know them never listen to that album ever again after but yeah that just stuck with me i don't i don't know and i didn't even like it it just is like my first musical memory of like yeah exactly it doesn't it doesn't have to be point like sounds like the question is more like your first embarrassing musical (laughs) for us it's embarrassing but we've had guests who are like they come in and they're like listening to like really contemporary pieces and, and we're like oh we're idiots <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I remember listening to, like, to zeppelin i was like damn yeah <laughs> man <laughs> well i'll give you i've got two that i could say one that's embarrassing and i guess one that's maybe less embarrassing depending on who you are but one of um my sister used to influence me a lot with the music i'd listen to so she was all into um like marilyn manson and rob zombie and all these like crazy dark shit yeah. um because she was you know like an angsty goth teenager and i, I was just like the little brother <laughs> yeah <kind> yeah, of. <laughs> yeah um but yeah i remember i think uh it was um it was a was it a oh, which record was it it was one of the rob zombie records that it was a cassette and i just listened like that was one of like the first things i kind of listened to that kind of made me go like oh i didn't know music could go like this could be in yeah, this kind yeah, of direction okay, sure um and then my embarrassing one that i also really love listening to was s club seven yes <laughs> club. there's something about those pop songs and i had the cd and i listened to it all the time yeah, i had an s club seven 
CD as well. Yeah. I think that yeah. was the logical progression from Aaron Carter to S Club. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was on a really dark path. Yeah. This really shows some angst. Yeah, I'm glad I course corrected somewhere along the line. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's it was. I don't even know what it was. It was just it was just good to listen to. Like, it's it catchy. Felt, yeah. It it makes the dopamine start flowing in your brain. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Something about S Club. It was just like. It just seemed like it was always a party. It was an S Club yeah, party. Yeah. I think it was probably because <laughs> of that, the show, were in too. that group? that group? I think, I think seven. Was, was that actually S- seven? Yeah, I guess I, that's I feel like in seven. the show, yeah. there was like a hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The show, I think, also made me really like it, too. Because yeah. you just was like, oh, I wish I had their life. Wait, there yeah, was a show? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I think oh. they got famous because of the show. Yeah, I think Like, I think it released right. all kind of at the same time. What was the show like? It was like a reality show following them. Yeah, it was kind of like the real world or something yeah, like that. Them being musicians in LA. I think they'd like moved there this group of English kids um career just launched and took off and then they oh, okay. in LA like just living and performing and being these big rock stars. These yeah, interesting. Stars. Um Yeah, and it was pretty cool. Pretty cool show. I watched it. <laughs> Did they, was there drama? Oh yeah. Of course there there's drama. drama. I feel like early 90s reality they didn't really know that, like, about capitalizing on drama, like at the initial point. <laughs> right, right. So I felt like there was some, like, a bit of wholesomeness to it. When yeah, it was, probably like, not to the extent that drama yeah. happens now, like on the yeah. reality. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any know like Jersey Shore shows, antics no. or anything going on yeah. in S Club. The wife one isn't there like a wife? There's a bunch Ma- of wife Day fiance. No, uh, uh, in Aus- I don't know that one, but in Australia, there's the big one is married at first sight. Okay. Aussie's oh. love. I don't know. It's just some show. I think that people just set up two people to get married, <laughs> like before, like an arranged marriage. Right. But, um. I don't. But really for know. TV. Yeah. Yeah. And then like. And then I don't. I don't know what happens. Like how. Well, they get a divorce, they pr- obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. All right. What was the second one? Okay. This- so the second one is. Um, Sort of like a musical turning point. What what was a, an artist or a band or a sound that you heard where mm. it kind of started guiding you to where you are now, I suppose? If that's that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I'm just trying to think of... Um, well, one thing, I don't know if it guided me to... The st- well, it definitely didn't guide me to a style of music I write now, but I remember when I first listened to Eminem, Mm-hmm. Um, the the lyrics, like his lyrics were just so like he just had something to say, yeah, always. And I, I love and I love lyrics in general from like any singer or band, and that definitely stuck with me in terms of like always trying to I guess carry some sort of meaning with with your songs and the lyrics that you write, yeah, and, sure. and and the power, um. That the power that your voice or the power that a song can have and its impact on like yourself and like everyone in the in general society, right? Like, Hell it's yeah, just... that's a kick-ass answer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially um, with Eminem's lyricism. Yeah, it's yeah, super brutally honest, but it also tells a story really easily. Like, yes, it paints the picture yeah. super easily. Yeah, so well crafted. Yeah, I guess that's the thing too. Just the craft, how well he crafted the lyrics mm-hmm. and put it all together into a story and like from beginning middle to end kind of thing his songs especially the old stuff i don't really know what his new music is like but he just released a new song with uh logic oh yeah um, what was it called homicide Mm -hmm. 
And I think, which is funny because I, uh, Jordan, uh, one of our friends was saying earlier, he's like, Hey, I released a song two years ago about, uh, about anti-suicide and now he's releasing a song called homicide. He's like, what's, what's this guy? What's this guy? got to make up his mind. Like what's going on here? But yeah, he just released a, he's Eminem's still, so he's still, still doing, doing so. Yeah, yeah. He just released a new album. What? Like a few months ago. Yeah. Probably five, four or five months ago before the new year or something like yeah. that. Wasn't yeah. too long ago. So, I wish uh, he didn't though. I was going to ask, because uh, you were saying that lyrics are, like, super important to you. So do you not listen to, like, a lot of instrumental music? Because, you know, like, a lot of EDM, let's just say, is, 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 a lot, yeah. is very weighted on instrumental. Like, usually there's, like, a like a hook, like, yeah, lyric, yeah. and that's pretty much... I, no, I still listen to stuff. Like, I still love instrumental music. I love classical music and all sorts of different... I guess more um, for my form of expression in music, it'd be it would be it would i would want it to include singing and lyrics okay you know what i mean yeah definitely. um but in terms of like being a fan and listening i definitely love love it i try to like I, tr- I try to like all types of music and not try to have an open mind yeah yeah and just like even if it's even if it's like a super popular commercial song i'll still try to listen to it with like without the judgment that oh this is just some commercial sure i feel like I, i've uh, i'm having a stroke i I feel like i've sort of uh kind of annexed like any radio from my life and it's allowed me to listen to really popular music with like a different ear because i'm not being like beat over the head with it yeah yeah it's like i can listen to it on my own time and appreciate that it some of it is actually great but i don't have to hear it all the time to the point where i go okay i get it yeah Yeah. it's great yeah exactly (laughs) I was going to ask, um, who's your favorite lyricist out of all the lyricists? Oh. Out of all the lyricists. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would... Oh, man, I don't even know if I can... I'd say... Um, like, every time I think of one, but then I think of another one, it's like, oh, maybe he's better. But... <laughs> Um, I would maybe like Bob Dylan is probably very very up, safe answer up there for me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Bob Dylan or like Neil Young or something like that. Yeah, Neil Young. I well, actually, I think I would. For me, Neil Young wouldn't be as high on the list personally. I do still think the ly- lyrics for him is amazing, but I would I would even say like David Bowie for me too. Yeah. Um, just also again because of how he created stories and characters in every song and like told kind of told it in that way yeah the the whole ziggy stardust yeah. saga is one of the craziest stories ever told in music i would think yeah yeah, yeah. and he ended it in a funny way he uh <laughs> he got a, a whole uh film crew to film his final show and at the end he goes uh you're you're never gonna see something like this again because after tonight we're done forever and they played three months later <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah it's cool with lyricists how like they can tell a story either by being really direct or being kind of like clever with their lyricism. Like yeah. I feel like Bob Dylan was kind of like clever with like his yes. like wordplay, but then there are some people like, I don't know, like Maynard from tool who's right. really like ambiguous, but still paints a picture. You know what sure, I mean? Like, yeah. it's like it's like executing how they tell the story and you don't have to be simple to do it. Right. But I feel like that's why people, like 
I feel like that's why pop music is pop music because because you get the it because you get it. It's just right in your yeah. face. Yeah, it's just yeah, in your face, true. and it's like you you, you you understand it, and you can connect with it. Oh, because, we're dancing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. we're Throwing enjoying beverages. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> we're yeah. clapping our hands now. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean like uh, uh, the other elements of of the lyrics, I feel like people connect to really easily, and I feel like just as a result of that, that's why sure lean more towards yeah i think you're probably right to be honest yeah that's why when you go to the club that music is played just because it's so yeah nobody's trying to really unpack lyrics and uh yeah i guess because it it requires that extra mental thought and and thinking like i guess thinking internally and when you're in a certain i mean a lot of people don't always like doing that right like people just want to be like just want to deny and just be happy and exist oh yeah and kind of yeah. so sometimes Blissful ignorance yeah yeah so i guess when you the put too much of that the intense lyrics or or something in someone's face they don't want to or like i want to hate myself, myself club, after especially I yeah. record. but it's interesting like considering the like let's say like the 90s and like the grunge era mm. like think about just like the content of like what the music and the lyrics were Right. Is like for that to have like broke through and yeah. been like in the forefront is like well, really it's interesting. interesting to see whoops to see where that went, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what it, it felt like I don't know if it was like the I don't want to call it the collapse, but when the kind of music industry did like a one eighty during the internet age, I felt like because a lot of record labels took a lot more risks because they had just built their empires for so long. And then when they finally crumbled with the internet, they were like, oh shit, we can't take these risks anymore. Mm. So they're, they kind of like latched on to like the first thing that was making them the most money. And then they kind of like, you know, manufactured that. I'm not saying that all pop music's like that, but I just mean like, I kind of felt like that's what happened after the music industry kind of took a crumble was they needed a, you know, kind of ride the coattails of the first thing that was the most lucrative because, well, in the nineties there, like everything had a shot at mainstream success and it was pretty equal. Like if you would watch like, you know, like music videos or stuff like that on the real, you know, like the top, you know, 20 or whatever, it was pretty mixed. And then I just kind of felt like that's was maybe like the turn. Yeah. I I think I looked at a graph on this one time where pop music actually surges for like, 11 to like 13 years mm-hmm. and then it flips to more alternative styles of music i feel like people just intrinsically like i don't know maybe it's what's going on in society at the time yeah but it, it seems to flourish in in times of um not prosperity in in times of like unsuredness like people want to listen to right, like happy right. music like yeah yeah, yeah right, this will right. get us through it yeah. and then things start to get a little bit better and people have a little more time to think and maybe they want to start changing how society and people function and they start listening to music with like a, a little bit, bit more depth to it. Right. So I think you see it like kind of ebb and flow up and down just yeah, over the always, years. I mean, right now I feel like hip hop and rap is huge, probably pop is the new, yeah. is the pop music yeah. I'd say right now. Hip hop's like, every, yeah, it's everywhere. Right well, now. yeah. And you'll see like traditional pop acts, like I guess like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and, and the, the list can go on with artists like that where they're incorporating huge yeah. like hip hop elements into their music. Yeah. Sure. It's always what's in the mainstream though. Cause if you think about that's yeah. Cause hip hop's in the forefront, that's how it was. And then when EDM took over like five years ago, like you were hearing like every artist, like 
the ones that you just mentioned, that was the yeah. music that was behind them. And I feel like every time there's like this mainstream uh, genre of music that people are listening to, whatever pop music is, that's like their backing music to yeah. that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like even kind of like in the late 2000s or in the 2000s, let's just say it was a lot of like band kind of like music, yeah. just like guitars, bass and drums, but pl- just playing whatever style. And then, you know, kind of as so what you're saying is pop music is a leech. <laughs> no, no. Well, I think that it's also the cause of um, they, when, when certain producers get successful, they end up producing yeah, all the pop true. songs, right? Like, like Max Martin. Yeah, like Timberland or um, whatever the other guy's name is. I forget the other guy's name. But yeah, like you you kind of get that the the producers, like the line, the 10 producers who are just doing everything that's Mm -hmm. commercial. And then even in like the grunge era, right, you had um, like Flea, when like Flea made that whole like alternative kind of bass, his bass thing cool. He yeah. ended up co-writing with tons of artists like Alanis Morissette yeah, and Mars like, Volta. Yeah, yeah, because like there's like everyone's like, oh, we want that sound, right? And then yeah. grunge was a bit of a blanket kind of sound too, yeah. right? Everyone wants to go to Seattle to start kind of <laughs> making. So you kind of yeah, I guess it's always I can't make grunge until I make it to Seattle. <laughs> I wonder how the Seattle music scene is when I wonder how a music scene is when um uh like a genre blows up kind of like from. From a town, from a from town, a place, like yeah. as its roots. Like, I wonder what happens to it after. Like, what I wonder what Seattle's like. I don't know if you've been there. I haven't or like no. recently or at all. But um, like, I've never been there. But to I wonder how it is like now, or you know what I mean? Just like certain cities that birth certain like genres, like you know, like Atlanta's probably huge now. Yeah. So oh, like, yeah. I wonder how it's gonna be in like five, ten years. You know? I think people just talk about the glory days. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's just yeah. that people reminiscing about the glory days, or are they trying to like you know be I think forward thinkers? Or it depends if people leave or not. Because yeah, if you got like true. for example Nashville and New Orleans, right? Like Nashville, people stayed, and Nashville is now like you know a songwriting country, yeah. mega city, and then New Orleans, all the the jazz players are there Going learning and playing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess but it's then, how much identity you associate yeah. with each location and when those artists that do kind of like transcend that location, like are they giving back to that community that they came from? Yeah, are yeah. They, or are they, they like go in trying? LA. Yeah. Like most Canadian yeah. famous people end up doing like they leave here and they end up like working out of LA and then and then so when people come to a town that like somebody may have became famous one or created a cool sound that's yeah. not even really like you can't even work with that person in the place. Right, yeah. Right? So I feel like Seattle might be more like that from what I understand because I don't think many like many of the bands or like this producers kind of really did. Like I never heard much else from Seattle after that. Yeah, but yeah, I wonder I if like they're much. stuck like in the grunge era. Or yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I wonder how like their scene, like because you know how every local scene like here's a lot of... Hardcore? Yeah, here's like kind of hardcore-ish kind of stuff. So um I want to know if, like, they're still, you know, they got these, like, kids coming out of high school, like, you know, doing grunge, like, right, kind right. of songs, but, you know, maybe with, like, some samples or something. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just... Uh, I'm sure we could Google it and find out. We probably- <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was the well, it, it's, it's tough because, like, we, we get to, like, doing this show, we get to see, like, the little guys that are experimenting with sounds, which some of them 
are brilliant and might take off and other ones not so much but it's all interesting nonetheless mm-hmm. it's really hard to come across music like that from like far away places right to just right right really zero in on like a small local pocket you almost have to yeah. wait for it to hit a s- certain threshold so there's definitely like i feel like tons of cool music that we just miss out on because it's not in anybody's like crosshairs you know what i mean right 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 i feel like now more than ever maybe with like the you know the interwebs yeah it's definitely it's, uh, easier now than yeah, it was especially with like stuff on let's say spotify with like discover weekly yeah you know mm-hmm. that thing is like a it's helped me find so many good bands i totally underestimated that because yeah. i was just like oh they're just gonna give me like a mix of stuff i already like but no, i came across so some pretty, pretty cool good, eh? yeah uh, yeah i mean there's there, that's the thing too there's so many good bands and music out there right now and it's it's almost like overwhelming. overwhelming yeah yeah it's overwhelming to to even like start discovering everything and I've, I've basically given myself this weird rule where when i'm exploring for new music there's so much of it that I can't spend too much time looking for it per se because I'll lose my whole entire life. So right. <laughs> I'll put on something like a discover playlist or like a curated playlist where somebody that I trust has like put some new some music that they think needs to be heard in the playlist and I'll give each track maybe 15 seconds and I know it's the worst thing to do but I give it 15 seconds if it hasn't caught me that's it. It's like gone forever. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I always give it a chance. I always just kind of yeah. go through because just writing music myself, it's like I know sometimes it's like if someone listens to a song that, you know, is in my catalog that maybe isn't the one that I would want. Like if someone's like, hey, like what what does your band sound like? Like send me a song mm-hmm. that kind of like describes you guys. Like and if it wasn't that wasn't the song, I'd be like, oh, you got the wrong impression. You know oh, right. you got the wrong so like, song. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I don't know. That thing about I'll always give like bands kind of a chance or if someone's like, oh, this song, like I love this band, but this new song like kind of sucks. I'll be like, well, just wait till the album comes out. Yeah, true, you know, true. You never know. Maybe that song that they're releasing, maybe not, but wasn't their decision to release it to yeah, the public. Sure. Maybe the some uh, somebody else was like, hey, that's going to get more ears on it right. so yeah yeah it's just, it is what it is yeah it's always yeah. interesting just got to give artists a chance though yeah. christian yeah. don't don't be so judgmental i give them a chance don't be so judgmental <laughs> i give them 50 seconds what are you like a label head <laughs> just like they're like listening to songs like the stack of cds you just here for 50 seconds no, no <laughs> i don't want it it kind of is like that i i mean Am I proud of it? Not really, but like there's so much tunage out there and I want to listen to a ton of stuff, but I can't, I can't be just like beating around the bush like that. I can't, I can't wait. Where do you listen to music though? Predominantly through Spotify. Sorry, not, I mean, um, like, are you, Oh, what setting? Yeah. Like, are you just in at home and you're like sitting down like, okay, yeah. So I have monitors like studio monitors, similar to these big boys at home and I'll sit down. Like I, I basically have time set aside for discovering new music where I'm like more in tune. It's not like I'm just sitting like, I don't know, waiting for the bus and like flicking through things. It's like that time is set aside for For me to look for new music. I guess when you have that specific goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, it's almost like a little bit of a job in my head. Yeah, because if you're like driving or road tripping, you would and you just put on like a random playlist. You probably oh, I would just let it all play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, yeah, it's I'm really like zoning in to like 
right, right. Get yes, nitpicky yes. with yeah. with some music. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like it if you're only giving him 15 seconds. <laughs> it, that is enough in in my eyes. That's enough. If you have, I mean, any... it's it's funny, but that's kind of like how I guess normal people do listen to music. Yeah, too, it's right? true. If it doesn't catch someone, if like in the first verse or whatever yeah like, doesn't interest and don't them, get me wrong there, there's thing. tons of music where yeah, if if you were to say there's this artist you, you have to check them out they're great I'm, i'll listen to the whole thing i'm not saying like if somebody gives right, me a right. recommendation i'm just gonna skip it but when i'm just going through a playlist of joe schmo like little teensy yeah. bitty artists if it's not catching me i'm sorry i'm gonna yeah, go yeah, to the, right, i'm gonna right. go to the next thing yeah, yeah. no it's true Especially, you got to yeah. break through the noise, so you got to kind so of so fifteen break. seconds if you want to wow me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we uh, with our last guest, Josh. He was saying that exact same thing. Yeah. Especially like with breaking through the noise of like now everybody gets to put their music on Spotify. Everybody mm-hmm. has this like professional looking, clean cut platform that you know your right. music is on. So how do you now break through that? That now the the playing field is totally leveled. Yeah. Gotta, I guess be appealing in a yeah. short, you know, amount of time you got to appeal to that attention span cuz otherwise I mean, that's why they have those playlists too, right? Cuz like Spotify also anyone can put it on, but also the chances random people just hearing it isn't also very likely. Yep. Unless you're on those um playlists. Those like, curated. Playlists. Yeah, I mean like I have my music on Spotify and I I like I don't have tons and tons of listens mm-hmm. and I'm like specifically going out there pushing and sharing right music yeah. in like a live setting. So the so I think yeah those playlists playlists are definitely like an important way to kind of break through. Yeah, exactly yeah. to break through the, yeah. the noise and kind of be taken more seriously, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting in, in the in the music like world how no matter how much it's changed there's always been gatekeepers in the music industry just yeah, to like yeah. get to that next like decent step. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, sure. You can like be like a, a homegrown hero, but then like, how do you, you know, get to, you know, start playing, you know, a lot of shows outside of your city, you know, like we got to talk to, yeah. you know, like, somebody's like, how do I always got to have their you know, eyes on you. Uh, like China or somewhere. I probably got to talk to like someone mm-hmm. who can like get me there. You know, it's, it's hard to just throw yourself yeah, there, yeah. but also like, you know, oh, how do I get on, uh, spotify playlist oh there's these guys that you know give you access to it or yeah that's true it's true we're always i guess seeking the recommendations from someone of yeah whose opinion we appreciate i guess yeah for sure it always just seems like there's always like big there's always these big doors that every musician wants to like kind of go through (sighs) in at like a three stooges kind of thing but really like there's just like one guy there with like a key and he's like oh i can just like open the door for you guys it's not, yeah. like, all you had to do was ask exactly it's like just asking it's kind of like yeah. what we were saying before it's just sometimes like yeah it's just asking like so what if they don't reply back right away right some people i guess and you know some people feel weird about like cold calling or yeah. whatever that is but that's well you should it, it is weird but it is. you can do it still yeah yeah it is it's, yeah, yeah. it's a game it's totally it's like just, you know it's like networking and stuff exactly too, exactly like yeah. it doesn't people. feel natural but yeah. you just do it it's just yeah. part of it right yeah. um so i think we're coming up close to the wrap-up point cool um is there anything you want to plug shout out um what should i plug is this should i plug the show tonight or is this live now this no. is live now but <laughs> well like it like comes out on all the streaming platforms okay, tomorrow like morning okay. basically yeah. 
I'll send you a little thing when cool. when you can say. Hey, but if anybody's listening now, now yeah, <laughs> you should come to Harmony Lunch tonight. Yes, yes, to see me play with a bunch of awesome local bands. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I listen to everyone. They seem pretty cool. Sad Beach Boys. I think they're releasing a project or a song or something tonight. Yeah. I think that's. Do you guys? Do you guys know the? Some of the like the Sad Beach Boys. No, I I I've seen the their name around. Okay. I have I haven't listened to them, but I ha- I've definitely seen them around. Okay, so. cool. And um, how did you get recommended to us? Was that through Kyle, like the, yeah, the guy yeah, promoting yeah. the show? Like, yeah, hit up these guys. Yeah, if you yeah. Just do something while I was in town. Yeah, that's yeah. our guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do I want to plug? I guess listen to my music on Spotify. Hell we yeah! Just Check out his videos. I give those a big <laughs> recommendation. Yeah, if you, I guess, if you want to start loving life and being happy like these, <laughs> like these guys, ever what wanted was that to travel? You said it was. Oh, you said something that was hilarious about the videos, like oh, that. I, I was really, go. oh, yeah. was really happy. Or <laughs> yeah, you were like diving into a pool. He's like, "Wow, look at him go!" <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy loves his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate it. No a ton. problem. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Tennyson King, guys, check him out. It's fucking kick-ass artist, kick-ass music, kick-ass videos, kick-ass <laughs> lifestyle. I'm kind of jealous, to be honest. Uh, Ian, do you want to come say bye? <laughs> okay, bye, guys. <laughs> See ya.